Welcome to the AM Coffee Podcast, where we talk to fascinating people whose stories you won't hear on the evening news. Now, here's your host, Mike Summers. All right, thanks, Joe, and welcome to AM Coffee. Uh, when you think of a country music star, with the exception of maybe Canadian Shania Twain or Australian Keith Urban, you might think of someone from maybe Tennessee, Oklahoma, or even my home state of Georgia. Uh, but, you know, we're going to break that mold a little bit today. Today, my guest is a country singer that is known all over the world. She has three albums with many singles that have done really, really well. And she has also has a, um, a radio show. She's a radio presenter in the UK, and uh, it's called Debbie Does Country, and it's it's a fantastic show. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And she's also been described uh, by people that uh, she is the British Dolly with a voice of an angel. Now, I don't know how you stay humble with all that, but uh, and and her fans describe her songs as positive, upbeat, and good for the spirit, which I can I can absolutely attest to. Debbie Nunn is my guest today. How are you, Debbie? Hello, how are you, Mike? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, Debbie Nunn is a, a fantastic singer, uh, and, and a lot of Americans may not have heard of her, but because uh, you may not have that on the um, on the local uh, country station very often, but uh, but she is very well known. Um, what what? Um, how'd you get started singing? Have you always sang? Well, um, Mike, thank you so much for the lovely uh, introduction there. <laughs> I'm over the moon with that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you make me sound like a superstar. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, um, in the early days, uh, I, I started recording when I was at the tender age of two years old with my brother, um, who we sadly lost, but he used to record me singing nursery rhymes because I think he, he caught on really quick that I love to sing. And my mum said that I was always, uh, you know, sort of active in that area. Um, and then um, basically with, with my dad, uh, he loved country music. And um, he used to drive a truck, what you call a truck. We call, call it a lorry uh -huh, <laughs> here. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I used to go on long distance journeys with him and he would play the country music. And well, that I know now is called country music. At that time, obviously, I was very young, probably six or seven at the time. And I'd be singing along with my dad uh, in the truck to all these, all this fabulous music that now I know is called country music. <laughs> it was just music to you back then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just music. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, your dad driving a truck and you singing country music, that just sounds like a, uh, like a, a movie of the week, you know, just the, uh, the country singer who grew up listening to country music and dad was a truck driver. That's just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because my, and with my dad, um, he had a lovely voice and he could play the piano by ear. So he would just hear an advert on telly or he would, you know, put his um, record player on at the time, mm -hmm. you know, and he would just get up and, and play along on his piano. And that always fascinated me that he was able to do that. Um, but he had a lovely voice and he loved dancing too. And with my mum, she loved dancing and all the uh, musicals. So, yeah, I was music was always in, in the home. That's awesome. Could she uh, play music? Could she play an instrument also, the piano? No, not my mum, but she loved, um, I, she introduced me to Patsy Cline um, and in, introduced me to all the musical, you know, the movies uh, 
and things like that. But when she was younger, my mum, she would collect all the um, autographs from from the famous film stars. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get that collection because my mum gave it away to somebody elsewhere, no. obviously before I was born. But I said to my mum, oh, I would have loved to have had that collection. But, you know, it went to someone who was a big fan of that. And uh, yeah, I'm sure they're still enjoying all that collection of all those lovely autographs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. That's really, you know, it, it does now, you said your dad played by ear. Have you picked that up yourself? Can you do that? Well, um, I, I dabble and I dibble. And I, <laughs> I have a go. Yeah. <laughs> no, my dad, not on the piano. No, my dad had a, oh. a natural talent and was able to do that. Yeah. I, ne- I never had that form of talent there. No, I was more the, the singer and yeah. <laughs> but that's just incredible. I, whenever I've seen people do that, you know, it's to me, that's just almost, uh, that's almost a gift from God. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't see how anybody could teach themselves to do that. I mean, because I have zero musical ability at all. And and so, I mean, for for me, it's sort of like my sense of direction. I have none. When somebody goes, oh, yeah, well, I want you to go west from here. It's like, man, you, you might as well just tell me what <laughs> what point on the company or what, uh, what, what degree on the compass it would be, because I have no idea what you're talking about. West, to me, I'd have to look at the sun and figure out what time of the day it was. It's like, I just don't have any sense. It's like music is the same way. If you don't have it, you just don't have it. And and you being born into that family, that's just fantastic. Yeah, well, my brother, um, I used to watch him um, of an evening, uh, you know, load his car, <laughs> which was quite a small car with his drum kit. And mm-hmm. he would do like the local um, area, you know, like the pubs and in London. And he would go along uh, and, um, you know, join other bands and things like that. And I can always remember that. And he... Um, used to set up the the drum kit in the bedroom and then when he was at work I used to have a go on it but don't tell him that <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were your neighbors happy with it I mean <laughs> yeah. my son was well, a luckily, drummer we, we made yeah. neighbors very angry <laughs> <laughs> well then you didn't have like an electric kind of you know drum kit yeah. So yeah, yeah, it would be you know bashing out from the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> we had to buy him brushes, and he hated playing them with the brushes. And it's like, yeah, it's like, but you're you're killing na- the neighbors. You know, we can't afford fifty acres somewhere. I mean, <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. So do you sw- Even, still play drums? Yeah. Have you ever tried? Have you tried that since? I, I love playing the drums. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do like the drums. Um, and uh, you know, like guitar. Um, at the moment, I'd love to learn to play the um, mandolin. So um, uh, we yeah. we actually um, Spencer Jay, who I write all my songs with, um, he got a mandolin for Christmas. So we're both going to probably have a dabble on that <laughs> and Very have a go good. learning. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my awesome. new New Year's uh, resolution. Learn the mandolin. <laughs> and there's wow. plenty of time to do it with the lockdown. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so, uh, yeah, the UK is in lockdown for you, uh, you American listeners. They are, uh, and who knows where we're headed, uh, but they've been in lockdown now for the third time for quite a while now. So you have, uh, it's been about a month now. Is it the last time? Yeah, um, I can't remember the exact date, actually. It was just before Christmas um, that we went into lockdown. Um, and I, I know, I think it was the, the Saturday, I think it was around 21st of December or just a couple of days before then. 
Um, Because I know that I was sort of going to the shops and quickly getting the food in for Christmas. Um, That that was my memory. Um, And we've been in lockdown ever since. Um, And uh, yeah, and and at the moment, we don't know when that is going to end. Yeah, so I'm just keeping myself busy, being creative. um, And also, you know, you're... your fans and people like that keep you motivated and you know we all support each other don't we in times like this yes we have to we have because that's all we have is each other you know in our faith exactly yeah yes (laughs) Um, now now tell me about um now you always knew you wanted to be a singer you started singing at two years old now you always kind of knew that that was going to be your vocation or is that something that kind of hit you out of the blue some one one day no it (laughs) It was just there, really. That's all I can ever remember. I would um, be in my bedroom. I'd have my headphones on. I'd, and the thing with me would be that I would listen to an album um, and I'd have to learn every single song on that album. I'd write the lyrics out and I'd spend hours in my bedroom, you know, doing that. Um, and, you know, yeah, that, that, that was me and music, anything creative like that, dancing. I, I love dancing. Um, yeah, I used to do Borum Latin American when I was younger and I used to love, love all of, all of that. Um, so yeah, but the singing was, at the forefront because I can remember my dad getting this uh, stereo and um, I used to sit on the floor with my ear to the right to the speaker. I don't know why I used to do it, Mike, but I did. <laughs> and my mum would go, your ears. <laughs> and I go, yeah, but I can hear everything, mum. And yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of just listen uh, to the lyrics and the words and, but I would listen to all the instruments. It used to fascinate me. Um, and that's why I used to get so close to to the speaker, you know, as a as a little one. I was probably sure. about three or four at the time. That was my way of, you know, getting in touch with with the music. And yeah, so it, it was always there. And um, my dad uh, had a shed out the back, and um, there'd always be pipes in there, or you know, like plumbing type. Oh yeah, yeah. Things. And I can remember like um, put, putting them all together. And I would kind of like, you know, make sounds and noises down <laughs> down this pipe and That's sing. Awesome. So that would be, yeah. And I'd um, set up all my dollies and my dolls and my teddy bears and I would sing and perform for them. So they were my first. <laughs> <laughs> so they were my first fans. <laughs> so you got past any of your stage fright you might have had later on because you've already performed yep. in front of your teddy bears. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And it's great, isn't it? When you're that young, your imagination yeah. is just uh, wonderful, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and, and you, you bring up radio and it's like, uh, and, and just listening to music. My uh, my dad was a big Tommy Dorsey fan and, and my mom was a big uh, uh, fan of just a, a lot of the, the, the stuff from the 60s. And it was just, you know, the house has always had, had a record going or we had the radio playing in the morning. Or it, it was just, yeah, it, it, music is... Even though it never instilled any kind of talent in me, if you you don't you either have it or you don't. But I think growing up around music, I think it's just so important for your well being. I would think. Well, they've actually proved, haven't they, that listening to music is a good escape. You know, um, especially in the times that we're going through, but just in general, you know, and uh, it gives good therapy to people. You know, people with Alzheimer's, they're proving that you know the music helps. Um, you know, um, it, and it brings back their memories too, weirdly enough, which is, um, 
you know, really a phenomenal thing. You know, in hospitals, they use it for people. Um, and if people are in comas, they they use music, don't they? And sometimes sure. it brings them, yeah. So music is is very important in people's lives. Yeah, you know, it, it reminded me too is when you mentioned Alzheimer's patients because it does it it, it triggers something in the brain that that mm-hmm. was there that might have just had a bunch of cobwebs on it and and it and it brought it back to life, sort of like a smell. You ever had a smell bring you back in time? Oh uh, yes, yes. I, my my mom used to buy. Gosh, I was probably. 11 years old, uh, we, we finally moved into a house that had a stand-up shower, which, uh, you know, they, to me, that was just the, the neatest thing because you always saw it on TV and we never had a stand-up shower. But, uh, but I remember having this uh, Suave Strawberry Essence Shampoo and the smell of that brought, you know, I, I actually saw it in the store probably 10 years ago. And I smelled of it and it instantly brought me back to what that shower looked like. I remember what the tile looked like. I remember the 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 layout of the house. I mean, it's like it, it it's incredible all this stuff that kind of flooded back. And music does exactly the same thing. I, I think it's just Yeah, with a song, you can remember exactly um, you know, where where you were at the time yeah. and yeah, memories. Well, yeah, you, uh, yeah, music, music does, yeah, music definitely has that link, doesn't it, to, it to does. memories. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you ever dabbled in other kind of music or has it always been country? I love listening to all types of music um, and not just for, um, I think all music is great in, in its own way. If it's got a great melody, lyrics, um, you know, and the person singing it is wonderful. Like, um, I love listening to um, ABBA, um, Elvis. I love all, mm-hmm. all of Elvis' voice. And I love listening to the vocal techniques. And I don't think you can, uh, you know, close yourself down. I think it's important to listen to all types of music. Um, and But by doing that, I think it gives you the inspiration as well. Mm. No, yeah, right. so... Uh, yeah, no, I, I listen to all types of um, music. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, a jazz listener. Um, I do like um, I do like my you know rock and roll or a good rock tune, you know, like Bon Jovi or mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm quite varied or like a, a Madonna tune, you know, um, more her older stuff, you know, like a Papa yeah. Don't Preach or like right. a Prayer, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they they stand the test of time, don't they? A, a they lot sure of that music. Do. You know, Elton John, the Beatles, they're fabulous. Um, you know, Fleetwood Mac. There's so many great artists and great music out there. But for me, country um, is where I lie um, for uh, the sentimental um, lyrics and, yeah, just the music. Um, yeah, I love listening to country music. Who are some of your um, – uh, and, and I completely agree with music. Now, there's a few a – few, um, genres i'm not really a fan of you know like a, a lot of the rap and the hip-hop and stuff it's just I, i'm just an old white guy so i don't think it's really going to work out too well for me you know the, absorbing that very well but uh i, I do like you know I, I love country i like i like the old right and i think you you mentioned it with the beatles and elvis and, and some of that stuff and when Elvis was alive, I wasn't, my parents weren't a big fan and I can't say that I'm necessarily a huge fan, but it's one of those things that once he died, it's like the music almost changed in my head. You know, it's like you, you it, it became 
uh, a classic thing, a, a, a part of culture, a part of, um, you know, I, I don't know, it's just a part of history now. And it and it's different. When I hear it now, it's sort of like it brings a little bit of a smile to my heart as opposed to what it did back in 1976 before he died. That, uh, you know, it's like, ah, it's just Elvis. It was, a, it was in the dollar bin at the, at the Kmart. So, <laughs> no, nobody really cared at that point. Um, but it was very it's it's very interesting how music does that and and you made some excellent points with the I think when you can hear a song probably thousands of times and every and even if you heard it again today you would still turn it up and sing along uh, and to me that's just and that brings people together um, but, you know before all the corona stuff my wife and I used to like going on cruises and we've been on a couple of uh, Caribbean cruises and and you know the on carnival which we we go with the the cheaper cruise line because you know we're just cheap but uh, every every night when you're at sea they have like this party in the I don't know have you been on a cruise I have yes. I've worked right. on cruises, uh, singing on a cruise ship. Yes. Well, they have the like in, in on Carnival. They have this uh, this party when you're for, at sea, uh, and it's one night is the '80s night. The other one is like a classic rock night, which it all ends up being very similar. But every time I've been on a cruise, they always play Journey, Don't Stop Believing, and it's like in in. And the guy, the uh, cruise director, standing up on the on the bar, dancing around and and getting people kind of excited. And and you know, in the atrium, you have like seven floors of people above you. And if, if you're down on the on the main floor, and it's like there's probably over a thousand people all together singing this one song that has kind of like become for America anyway. It's like one of those classic classic rock songs that everybody knows and everybody likes, which is kind of unique. Most people have. You you know dislikes about things but that's one of those songs and so yeah it's like i've probably heard that song since you know it came out in what 1981 and it's like i've, I've had to have heard it over a thousand times and it's it's still one of those songs that kind of gets you get you motivated and get you wanting to sing even even if you can't sing like myself so and that's the thing isn't it with music it brings people together um and uh, you know it's surprising how and that person must be really really happy for writing that song <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's like it's like a christmas song that's there every year you know no one you know gets bored of it you know and and it must be fantastic to write a, a classic like that and and hear people singing it back to you and that's that's the lovely thing about performing is that when you are singing a song and you've got people singing it back to you you know the song that you've written it's a wonderful feeling Absolutely. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, you probably have, uh, you know, some of those songs. I'm sure you've gotten some some beautiful mail from people about some of your music. Yeah. Um, Bubbles, when I released that one, um, like you say, it went worldwide and it's been played on a, a lot of radio stations. As with our music now, mm-hmm. you know, it's quite amazing, really, um, you know, to, to know that. And I'll tell you a little story, actually, how sure. I ended up actually going to Nashville. I was in London and to earn, you know, your money that you do, you work with various uh, bands um, and I was adept. And I would go in and sing with uh, big, um, uh, big, big bands and things like that, uh, big functions. And I was singing away, and this lady came up, and she was a, an American lady with her husband. And she says, I know you. I know your voice from somewhere. I've heard your voice before. I was like, oh, okay. And she said, 
there's this girl and she's called Debbie Nunn and she's from the UK <laughs> and um, I heard her being played. Is it one of the lobster um, restaurants in, in America? Is it called Lobster or something? There's Red, Red Lobster. Red Lobster, that's yeah, it. Yeah. And she said, oh, you know, and we hear it. And I said, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, because I'm here in the UK, you know, you don't actually, you know, realize what's what's going on on the other side of the world. And uh, she said, oh, you know, you should you should come come home, which, which obviously for her is, uh, you know, United States. And I said, oh, okay. And, uh, and it kind of gave me that inspiration as well to go to, to Nashville because uh, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to go and, and see what's out there for me. And it's the best thing that I ever did. And I loved every minute of it because um, I was invited to sing at the, uh, you know, the famous cafe. Mm. <laughs> out yeah. there and uh yeah it was uh yeah so you're singing and then for someone to actually recognize your voice that was just a, an amazing thing so I thought I'd tell you that story because uh that that was kind of an, an opening for me of, of doors you know yeah. I thought wow yeah <laughs> you're truly an international star it kind of hit you at that point right yeah because um I, I I am very grounded kind of person, you know, and it mm. isn't until someone says to me, oh, you know, Debbie, oh, I go, really? <laughs> <laughs> type of thing. So that was a big shock to me. And even the the band that I was with went, wow, that's amazing. I went, I know. And to recognize my voice through singing, especially other people's songs as well at the time, because yeah. I wasn't singing one of my own uh, songs. I can't remember what I was singing at the time, but yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so, what did my nephew lives up in Nashville. And we we've been a couple of times, and I love walking down through the downtown area because you know because uh, you know even during the day, every other store is a bar that has somebody singing in it, and um, and you just never know who the next big star is going to be that's that's there because they're chasing their dreams, and it's it's almost palpable that you can feel these people just you know they're they're getting a hold of their uh, uh, of, of their desires and their dreams of being making it big one day and and some of those people are just absolutely uh the most talented people and and you know they just never end up in the right place at the right time and it's uh it's really kind of sad it's you know my, my son is a very good musician it's one of those things that he just didn't, didn't end up with the right people at the right time so but you know it and never give up on your dreams uh, and that's why I wrote the song live the dream because mm. along with um Spencer you know my longtime writing partner but um you know never ever give up whatever age you are uh, never give up on your dreams because you've been given that gift for a reason and if you can share that with people and make them happy and smile then that's a, that's a great gift to have you know, um, of all, and that little story that I told you there, you know, it all kind of planned out because, yeah, God has a plan for you, you know, no matter if you want to uh, maybe think you're going to go somewhere else, you know, he keeps you uh, on that road and you think, wow, all of those things have fallen into into place and you may have not done anything to you know make that happen um you know for example when I decided I got my flight ticket I thought right I'm going to Nashville that's it I'm going and um I went along there you know with Spencer and in that time we had the Bluebird Cafe get in touch with us before we went out there and they invited us to sing and perform our music um you know for them and yeah. wow that that was amazing because 
that's the place I always wanted to perform at. So it's an honor. We had yeah. a gig. I know. Yeah. And a lot of the time you have to queue outside, you know. So that, mm. that was a special moment. And I can remember, like you say, when you walk down, uh, you know, Nashville, you beat everybody there has got a guitar uh-huh. and everybody can sing. And, you know, the talent is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but even so, it never feel, um, you know, that you can't do it. You know, it's good to look up to those people and, and, and take inspiration from them. You know, a lot of the people that we watched, uh, you know, uh, perform, we really enjoyed and it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, you know, and even when we were performing in the Bluebird Cafe, um, it's a different type of gig, to be honest, Mike, because, yeah. you know, you go to game, people get up and dance and they're joining in, they're singing. No, they're really listening to every word that you're singing uh, and they're really concentrating and you're thinking, is this going down well? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so. But, you know, when you get that applause at the end and you get that acceptance, it's like, oh. Uh, good <laughs> it was okay but that can make you yeah. nervous right i mean when they're really oh, quiet and- <laughs> yeah you could hear a pin drop yeah because they're there to you know even for us when we was listening to the the songwriters because that's what you're listening to you know you're listening to the lyrics the melody mm. you know the delivery you know the chords that are using you know all these kind of things and from that perspective, you can understand why they're just, you know, sitting there and listening. And it's, it's a respect thing, I guess, as well, yeah. you know? Of course. Because um, they're not going to talk over you. But like you say, if you're doing a gig, you know, you, you there's lots of noise going on usually. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but for that type of, um, you know, uh, yeah, it was completely different. <laughs> In that place, it's almost like, you know, you're at, a, you're at a different level than, you know, any of those places that you see when you're walking through Nashville. You know, those are just kind of like anybody can get in line and and uh, and perform on whatever day but you know for you to be able to perform there that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a different level so that's why they're listening so close it's like you know she's really yes. got to be good to be here so yeah that that's really yeah no it, yeah it's a, it's a lovely place and you know everyone was friendly and the the people that own the cafe they they're lovely too um and we did come across that when we was in um Nashville we had a wonderful time and we recorded um, songs, you know, out there as well. A lot of them, well, all all our music is recorded there. Um, you know, oh, okay. the yeah, uh, here for you. The album um, was recorded out there in uh, Nashville, and also uh, Rainbows, uh, Chasing Rainbows, uh, the new EP, which some people call album. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, we we recorded it out there and uh, had a great time doing that. That's uh, that's fantastic. Nashville is just a very special place. Absolutely, um, you know. It, I was just gonna say you you had mentioned something earlier that I was gonna I was gonna oh I, I know what it was. How did you meet Spencer and how did all that kind of uh, uh, culminate to uh, to your working together so closely? Right. Well, <laughs> we met <laughs> in the Caribbean. Um, I, and as like yourself, you say you, you used to go, you know, on cruise ships when we could, when we were allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we met on a on a cruise ship. Um, and I was performing. I was a visiting act, so um, I'd be on there for say a week or so, and then home again. Um, and we met out there, and we got chatting. And Spencer was doing the sound. 
um, you know, for uh, in the theatre. And uh, we got talking and realised that we connected in in the same kind of music um, and the fact that we both loved writing songs. Uh, and that's really how it all happened. And then once Spencer's uh, contract finished, he came back to the UK and we met up and we the first song that we wrote together was um, Always In My Heart. And that was kind of a, a tester, I guess, you know, to see, you know, how we connected and how mm-hmm. things worked. Um, and then we ended up with an album uh, and, you know, and that's how it, it all happened. It was quite unbelievable, really, to uh, knowing that Spencer is from the UK as well. But then I met him on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that almost had to be orchestrated weird. somehow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then obviously I went back and then we were, you know, like sharing our ideas then. So he'd be emailing me when I got home and sending me across music. And then when I went on there, we'd kind of work together a bit. But then we actually was on a, a canal boat when we wrote in the UK, when we wrote Always in My Heart. So, Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And they're wonderful memories because it, it, there's nothing like, you know, I'd worked with people in the past, but I just kind of knew that it was a special connection and that if I'd say something or we'd say it together type of thing and we'd know where to go, where to take the music, sure, uh, in what direction, yeah. It, yeah, it's an unspoken thing. I've heard this from my son. Uh, he used to work with a, a a guy named Cole, and and it's like would, they would just kind of look at each other because he played uh, Cole played the guitar, and my son played the drums, and they would just kind of have eye contact and almost like uh, without speaking, they were they would converse and know where to go from there. And it was just he said it's really kind of it was kind of creepy, <laughs> but it was <laughs> but but you know that kind of connection is very rare. And I think that's and for you to meet in the in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And both of you being from the UK, that's just, that. that's absolutely, you know, I, I, and it, the one thing you mentioned earlier is that, uh, you know, th- this is a God-given talent for you. And I think that when, when you do have that talent, and I think that you mentioned this, is like, you know, you have that talent for a reason and you should pursue and, and keep going after it. Um, but I think a lot of people get discouraged either because they've made a mistake or they've, you know, or they think it's, you know, somehow an unforgivable mistake in their industry or whatever. And it's like, you know, I think that sometimes those mistakes, um, I think God can teach you things and, and point you in a direction uh, that, that maybe you hadn't have thought of before you made the mistake. I've, I've learned so much from my mistakes, much more so than if somebody told me, don't do this. Well, you know, once you do it and you realize, man, that, that was really stupid. I think that you learn so much better from that. Um, hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and Mike, because even the greatest uh, entrepreneur will tell you that they've had failed businesses before you know and learned by their mistakes so um yeah definitely you know and um everything is an experience isn't it and then you think i won't do that again exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah so it's all a teaching it's all a test and a learning process and definitely within the music industry um there's some great people but you have to look out for some people that you know are not there for um good intentions or yeah. you know to to help you or you know things like that and all of that is a, a is a learning experience within itself you know sure. 
And and that's where you got to um, keep your eyes open. I've, I've told my son this a bunch of times too. The voiceover industry here in the U.S. same way is that people come across like they're there for you and help you along in your in your uh, vocation, but you know all they're really there for is to separate you from your money and uh, you know and, and enrich themselves. And and yeah, it, it's it, it's really a you really have to educate yourself and really kind of maybe watch other people make that mistake and go, yeah, I'm not doing that. So. Yeah. You know, um, when I first started, um, I was, uh, we used to have a, a thing called the stage paper and, um, I, I was told very, very early, um, if you have to pay to be on an agency or stuff like that, then it's not good, yeah. you know, type of thing. I mean, obviously, you have to pay commissions and things for the work that you do. But, yeah, and it's learning. It, everything is a learning curve, isn't it, for, sure. you know, whatever you do, whatever industry you're in, um, it's all, all about learning. No matter, how, no matter how old you are, you got to keep learning, at least be teachable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm never, you know, you, you can listen to a new artist and learn something. Oh, I never thought about doing that. Or, exactly. you know, I, and especially where I used to do lots of live performances before lockdown, you know, I'd always watch the artists uh, perform because for me, you know, a bad performance always has something good in it somewhere or, uh, you know, an excellent performance. You know, there's always a, a learning from anything that you're watching, doing. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> or, or maybe you could watch a performance and go, wow, that really didn't work. I will never do that. You know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. I've learned yeah. more from negative things. I, I've heard my mother say <laughs> things years and years ago. It's like, I'll never say that. And I haven't. <laughs> I mean Dolly Parton. Uh, she's a she's a great one to for inspiration and yeah. to watch. You know, she's a, a wonderful, lovely lady. Not only, you know, is she very talented, but she's a wonderful and she's she's got a great big heart too. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is never to lose sight of, you know, sometimes the reasons why you're you're doing the music and and the messages that you're giving through your music as well are sure. important. Mm. She just had a Christmas show. Uh, I don't know if it was live or not, but here in the U.S. And um, it, it was just fantastic. And watching Dolly, I think a lot of times people will look at Dolly and say, ah, she's had so much plastic surgery done. Yeah, she's kind of fake. You know, I think she's had plastic surgery done because she's she's always in the, in the, in the limelight or whatever. And, and she's got her reasons. But, you know, when you hear her talk. She is the most real person that 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 uh, in the, in country music, you know. I, I think that she's just she's just so real and so raw and about her past and about you know the way her life, especially growing up in in uh, in Tennessee and how all that culminated. And and yeah, it, she's she is very real and very loving, and she donates a lot of time and and uh, and money to things that uh, a lot of people may not even realize with her. But she's you're you're absolutely right. She's one of my. Uh, one of my heroes here in the U.S. too. She's fantastic. Yeah, and you know, her heart isn't plastic, is it? It's uh, yeah. <laughs> she's got a big heart. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for part one of my interview with country music star Debbie Nunn. Tune in next week for part two of this fascinating look into her life and uh, and her career. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to AM Coffee. Available everywhere you get your podcasts.
For more information and archive shows, the website is amcoffee.us. If you'd like to email us, it's amcoffeepodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.